Hello everybody, it's Jeff here again and <clears throat> this is the next chapter in the book Manipulated Man uh, which I've been reading for the past few weeks now uh, still quite a few chapters to go so here, here's the next one and this is called Women Have No Feelings Women has a great many methods to manipulate a man but to list them all here is impossible Sophos it to look more closely at two relatively harmless methods a man's good manners and the suppression of his emotions any man who wishes to be at success with women and is there one who doesn't question mark <coughs> must acquire a variety of qualifications apart from intelligence ambition and industry. He must know exactly how to behave in the presence of women. With this aim in mind, in view, women have established certain norms which are called good manners. This is highlighted, this bit, I've highlighted this. Basically the rule is that any man who has a self a sense of self-respect must at all times treat a woman like a queen. Similarly, a self-respecting woman must at all times give man every opportunity of treating her like a queen. A woman will marry a man simply because he is wealthy. But if she is given the choice between two wealthy men, one with and one without manners, she will choose the man who has them. For if a man has mastered the rules of governing good manners, a woman can be sure that he will never at any time question her ideal value as a woman, which he has long since been conditioned to respect, not even after she ceased to attract him. Psychologists state that happiness comes with laughter, faith and with prayer. This is true, <clears throat> but only for men. If he treats women as a superior being, she will become a superior being for him. Women are more gifted to differentiate between fact and fiction. Unlike other methods of manipulation, good manners are not the result of conditioned forms of behaviour based on profound psychological motivation. Children are taught to behave relatively late and manners are particularly easy to recognise as a form of women's exploitation. It is a puzzle why even today such old tricks are still successful. The advice a mother gives to her teenage son going out on his first date is a good example of women's audacity. Pay the taxi, get out first, open the door on the girl's side and help her out. Offer her your arm, going up the steps. Or if they're crowded, walk behind her in case she stumbles so that you can catch her. Open the door into the foyer for her. Help her out of her coat. Take the coat to the cloakroom attendant. Get her a programme. Go in front of her when you're taking your seats and clear the way. Offer her refreshments during the intermissions, and so on. 
And on top of that, we should not forget the average type of play is an outdated form of entertainment because most of them are aimed at intellectual level of women, as indeed are many of those things which we like to label cultured. And that's an interesting subject. You know, so much of the uh, TV um, programmes are absolute twaddle uh, now. There's so, so much twaddle. Childish twaddle. Um, it's just unwatchable, really. If you've got more than a brain cell. Pity the poor man who has to submit to all this. He probably has an inkling that not only he but as assembled company of directors, actors and producers awaiting them are there only to form the background for a woman and her clique. This background is simply a place where she can indulge in her inane orgies, where she and other women can take part in their grotesque masquerades with the extras of the men suitably costumed in black. The most cynical aspect of the good manners, I highlighted this, etiquette, is the role of protector which is forced on a man. This begins harmlessly enough, it is true. He follows her when going upstairs or walks on the traffic side of the pavement. It is when we reach the level of military service and war that the significance of this becomes more serious. One of the most important rules is that a man must, under all circumstances, protect a woman from unpleasantness, even if necessary, with his life. And as soon as he is old enough, he will do just that. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, you think of all the... You think of all the thousands and millions of men that... Uh, have died in the war and uh, been horribly maimed in war um, and uh, you know that they think that they're doing their duty some sort of a duty that they have to go to war and fight and die like a hero um, all for some abstract reason and I feel you know that in past wars I think that you might have even had young lads who donned an outfit donned the uniform and went to war just to get women to feel proud of them and to look up to them and you know that this sort of uh you know, make him feel like he's protecting him and that, you know, protecting the country. Um, so, you know, that I wonder how many wars are started by females, really, um, indirectly, you know, that men you know, grown-up children, really, and like putting on the uniform and like feeling 
the feelings of uh, women look at, looking at him and noticing him for once. Um, so he must be doing the right thing if women give him any attention at all. And not only that, you know, the millions of men, the thousands of men who died or went at war and thought they had this sweet woman waiting for them at home. And I wonder how many thousands and thousands of women were actually already cavorting with other men anyway. Um, you know, from what we know now, uh, it's probably very highly likely that most of the men who were at war and fighting and dying, um, thinking that their sweetheart was waiting, you know, doing knitting, were probably very far from the truth. Uh, you know, for those men who were left behind, um, it must have been quite uh, incredible to have these women who, you know, had no sort of self-respect or decency anyway, um, you know, cavorting with them. It must have been quite a incredible time if you were left in, you know, the country, whereas if you were away fighting, it must have been like hell. Uh, hell, it must have been. Um, because, you know, as this book shows that women don't really feel much at all. Uh, is it really men who have the real emotions which they have to bottle up and hide to look good in front of females? And so you can only imagine the awful, awful emotions that uh, men felt as they went into battle. Real, raw, hard, you know, emotions that they must have felt. And I haven't really heard anybody talk about this subject. Um, and how many more wars are going to be fought under this illusion of protecting the female? You know, how many more wars are men going to go off and fight thinking that they're doing the right thing because they've been con conditioned to do so? And uh, that's the power of this book, actually. Anyway, carrying on. This training is accomplished at such an early age that in any catastrophe a man will save women and children before he thinks of himself at the cost of his own life. And that's, uh, you know, the uh, old Titanic uh, uh, women and children first and all that, and men are weren't allowed to get on the lifeboats. Uh, so a lot of men perished. Um, you know, it's such a, such a, uh, you know, sick world, really. For many, many decades and centuries. There is no compelling reason why these roles should not be reversed. Since woman is unfeeling, I've highlighted that. Since woman is unfeeling, she could cope 
with the psychological effects of war, atrocities more easily than a man, and the modern form of war requires neither physical strength nor intelligence, only the ability to survive, tenacity. Well, women have got that in spades, haven't they? And um, there was a, uh, a thing on the TV about these uh, in, uh, I think it was like a, uh, Syria or something like this. Um, there were these girl soldiers, and um, you'd think, oh God, how could they be in the, you know, fighting? Well, this explains it perfectly, doesn't it? This little paragraph here, how appropriate it would be for men to fight in a war, um, women to fight in a war, because they have no feelings and that. You know, there were these two girls, and you sort of look at them and think, well, how could they do this? Um, and they were um, snipers, these two girls. Um, and they had no sense of remorse. And they were probably pretty good at it too, uh, picking off men with their, you know, long-range weaponry um, and they didn't seem to look upset at all they looked quite happy quite unbelievable I wonder if uh, girls will be seen more in future wars as more actually appropriate to fight because they have the lesser feelings um, and I think I've mentioned before that I've noticed that with my wife, you know, something might happen, right? And, uh, you know, something quite uh, emotionally difficult might happen, say. Um, but, uh, you know, most times she will sleep through the night like a log. And I'm, I'm sort of tossing and turning um, and not able to sleep. Was she... She can sleep like a log through it, which just confirms that uh, women don't really have that sort of uh, same, you know, sense of emotions, I don't think. All statistics about lifespans show that women live longer than men and then therefore are tougher. That's highlighted, I've highlighted that. I mean, that's so true. Um, you know, men think, oh, we're tougher. Uh, not so. Women are far, far tougher biologically. Uh, and uh, they can quite easily, I would say, quite easily go on into their 90s. And uh, no, I think I might have mentioned that... Uh, Opposite my property, there are three widows living their lives in family homes. Um, you know, they're, they're proper family homes opposite. And there's just one woman living in this home. And, you know, the husband, well, he died probably decades ago. And there's no real 
you know, no trace of these men, really. Um, and these women will be going on for maybe a couple of decades at least, more than their husbands. Um, and I know that fate awaits me too, uh, because, you know, my wife, she is very healthy and active, and uh, already I have some very major health problems, so, you know, this is going to be another woman living in a family home, probably. And, uh, well, how many weeks, or how many days, or how many, how many days will she grieve over me, really? You know, um, I'd sort of put it at probably a couple of weeks at most. And, you know, after all those years and all that suffering and, uh, you know, all the sacrifice, when it comes to it, she'll be grieving for a couple of weeks at most and you know it won't be long before she's met somebody else and of course what you know why I mean why shouldn't she I mean I would do the same but you know what I mean it's probably in the probably in the um, a matter of weeks or months if you know at most that she'll um it'll be before another man is you know taking her interest and uh you know so it's something to bear in mind um especially for younger guys if you are listening to this and you're young you know that's a, a very stark warning you know from an older man and uh, I hope that my little stories, my little nuggets uh, of my experiences uh, might do something to, um, you know, help and stop young guys falling into these same paths. Okay. A normally developed North American woman who has taken sports at school, for example, is certainly not inferior in physical strength to a much smaller Vietnamese man. A GI fighting against Asian men is making war on an enemy no stronger than his college girl friends. In highlight, we have already mentioned women's lack of emotional capacity. The fact that women make up every attempt to suppress man's ability to express his emotions is a certain indication of this. Yet she still contrives to create the myth of feminine depth of feeling and vulnerability. The tear ducts are tiny pouches containing fluid with training, they can be controlled just as one controls the bladder, so that there is no more need for an adult to cry than there is for him to wet his bed 
a male child is taught very early in life to control both these functions. Once again, woman degrades herself. Boys don't cry. You're not a little girl. Little girls, on the other hand, are never taught to control their tears, and they quickly learn to use them to their advantage. If a man sees a woman crying, it would never occur to him that she may be incontinent. He assumes her feelings are aroused to considerable extent, and even judges the degree of feeling by the quantity of liquid shed. And I witnessed that once at uh, my place of work. Uh, there was uh, uh, some very heavy rain and some pretty serious flooding, actually. Uh, and it was uh, the the road was too deep to uh, for the car to pass. And uh, there was this young girl in the office, one of the office staff. Um, and uh, you know we were all in the office stuck, really. Uh, not able to drive out and um, you know um, she sort of erupted into tears um, and of course the uh, manager uh, was very perturbed by this and so he arranged for um, someone on the uh, trading uh, estate where the office was uh, to come and who had a Land Rover and he came and take her took her in it and took her home and if you know that's the most um, you know that if that's not manipulation I don't know what is you know to get what she wants she can cry at will I think that's true Women are really callous creatures, highlighted, mainly because it is to their disadvantage to feel deeply. Feelings might seduce them into choosing a man who is no use to them, i.e. a man who they could not manipulate at will. They might even actively come to dislike men. After all, men are beings who should be alien to them and decide to spend their time exclusively in the company of women. In fact, however, there are far fewer overtly homosexual women than homosexual men, and such women are generally well-to-do, or at least financially secure. So, uh, you know, the uh, uh, probably under the hood there that I think she's saying that women are only not lesbian because they need money uh, where perhaps truly uh, if it wasn't for that need I think you know it's been said in the book that uh, most women you know are lesbian or have lesbian tendencies um, but they can't because they need a man to um, provide for them. <clears throat> it's very odd actually because our, uh, my wife has uh, a couple of uh, friends who are lesbian um, 
and uh, you know we went to the wedding so-called lesbian wedding which was in a you know uh, a council building um then you know I, I was sort of waiting in the seats uh waiting for these two to turn up and in walked two brides two women two brides with white dresses on which looked incredibly incredibly ridiculous and odd as they walked up the aisle with white dresses on and uh, people didn't bat an eyelid and nobody mentioned it nobody said anything but I thought how ridiculous that that looks how ridiculous it looks you know just the physical appearance of two women in wedding dresses walking up the aisle um, but the irony is that, uh, that these two girls um, they came round here with for uh, you know she sort of invited them round for sort of tea and so they came round and um the irony about this story is that they seem to me to be incredibly feminine um you know they were pretty and they were feminine and pleasant um and uh i wondered how could this be that they could be feminine and pleasant and still be lesbian but you know the backstory of that is that they'd had male partners and uh, you know were so probably so damaged that they couldn't really form a proper relationship uh, with these males and I think they just abandoned them and threw them to the side um, so they were quite happy lesbians really to all appearances but damaged i could i knew i could see the signs you know i'm very well versed in MGTOW readings and uh, i knew below the hood there were some mega problems there um, and they had this little uh, boy with them and they I think they had two adopted children um a girl and a boy and the boy was a lovely little lad and the girl was a lovely girl but the lad, the lad had long hair and you know I had to pinch myself to sort of say that he wasn't a girl because to all appearances he looked like a girl and I think that these two women had actually brought him up to be like a girl. And so how damaging is it for um, same-sex couples to have children in their vicinity um, where, you know, probably, probably um, a woman who, sorry for the buzzing, people get sending messages, um, a woman who's a lesbian probably damaged and doesn't like the the male form or male anything male and so she tries her best to feminize the male and uh you know it's just uh, uh just a disaster
total disaster. Anyway, rant over. I'll just read this bit. It says, um, A woman with feelings would have to think and work to take on responsibilities and to learn to do without all the things which men so much mean so much to her because she does not want this she decides to remain colourless but she knows at the same time that it is necessary for women to enact the role of a sensitive being or man would become aware of essentially cold calculating nature and how many men listening to this have been at the end of that cold calculating nature still as her emotions are always faked and never felt she can keep a clear head you can take advantage of someone's feelings only if you are not involved yourself therefore she turns her partner's emotions to her own profit only taking care to make sure he believes she feels as deeply as himself perhaps even more deeply she must make him believe that she as a woman is much less stable much more irrational much more emotional only thus may her deception remain undetected but manipulation in any case already taken care of that A real man does not weep or laugh very loud. Reserved smiles have a sympathetic effect around those around him and make him seem a serious person to his business associates. He never shows surprise. He never screams, ah, when a light goes on or oh, when he touches cold water. He never shows that he is making an effort by saying, oof, when he has lifted a heavy case. He does not even sing when he is happy, therefore, if a man notices all these emotional reactions in a woman, it never occurs to him that he has been conditioned by a woman not to express his own similar feelings. As a result, he assumes she is much more sensitive than he is, for otherwise she would not dare to exhibit her feelings in such an uncontrolled manner. A man who would cry only if a real catastrophe occurred, perhaps the death of his wife, must assume that when his wife breaks into floods of tears because of cancelled holiday plans, for example, her emotions are equally strong, but for lesser cause. He even thinks himself loutish and callous because he cannot share her grief. What an advantage a man would have if only he realised the cold, clear thoughts running through a woman's head while her eyes are brimming with tears. That's the end of that chapter. Uh, another very thought-provoking book. And uh, basically, uh, in that chapter, it uh, says that women have very few real emotions. Or, you know,
know, contrived emotions, really. And uh, so it's something to bear in mind when you next see a woman displaying her emotions. Um, very interesting, very interesting. Anyway, thanks for listening. And uh, another great chapter there. Um, lots more to go. So stay tuned and all the best and see you again in the near future. Bye for now.